Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started. He got it! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area's sports station. 95-7. The game. It is Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Chris Townsend and Matt Steinmetz were the Golden State Warriors. Ended the third quarter in the lead. Dominated the Spurs in the third quarter, 22-12. And in the end, the fourth quarter went to the San Antonio Spurs and the Warriors. 89-75 losers to San Antonio. And another day, another game. And another star leaves the game injured, pelvic contusion. I mean, God, every single time I'm on the air with you, Sonny, somebody's somebody's getting hurt. They're dropping like flies. Not only getting hurt, Townie, but an injury that we have no idea what it means. None. I mean, what was the other one? An unknown or no, an impartial rib something or other? With with Durant, and this is a pelvic contusion? Incomplete. Incomplete. It was incomplete. Uh the good news is I'm, I'm seeing that Draymond Green doesn't think it's a big deal, uh, that he just thinks it may be a bruise, and he and he expects not to miss any time. The next Warriors game is Friday against Atlanta. There's a chance they could have Curry and Clay back for that game, and it sounds like Draymond could play too. So maybe the Warriors, after tonight, are on the way to getting healthy rather than getting more hurt. But, man, they played without four All-Stars tonight. And they hung in there, but in the end, they just didn't really have enough, period. They just didn't have enough, and they kind of ran out of gas. The number is 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. As a Warrior fan, what is it like for the first time in this, I guess you could say, Steve Kerr era, uh, this core growing up as a championship core, to see so many guys hurt? When you when you listen to the game here on 95.7 or you're watching the game with, like on ESPN tonight, what is it like watching your team and these guys being out? Because for the most part, this is not something we've had to deal with. They've had great health. They've been very lucky, knock on wood, with health. And now once Draymond went down, my God, you're talking about four All-Stars being out. Very rare that you even have four All-Stars. Right. But at one point tonight, you're 0 for 4 with your All-Stars being in the game. Yeah, you could forget the All Stars for a sec. It's just it's four starters, and I mean, really, it's taken some of the I don't know what the word is the pressure off the Warriors. It's taken some pressure off Houston. Essentially, with eleven games left now, Townie, the Warriors are locked into the second spot. And the one thing that I'm thinking about is is kind of expected the Warriors to be knocking on the Rockets' door uh, these last two or three weeks, but it doesn't look like they're going to. I want to say they're down three and a half games right now. They're down three and a half games now to the Rockets, which is really four and a half. So, believe it or not, there is a downside to these injuries, and it's that the Rockets may get enough breathing room uh, to start resting the players themselves. I mean... Houston right now has got 12 games left. 
They're up three and a half. They might start resting Harden. They might start resting Chris Paul. Maybe Clint Capella gets some rest. So for all the people out there that were saying, you know, the Rockets are playing super hard. They're going for it. They're playing like the Warriors were when they won 73 games. I don't know. Not necessarily. And I think the I think the Rockets are going to basically do a poor man's version of what the Warriors are doing this last 12 games and, and try to keep everybody fresh themselves. Well, if you're buying that theory, you're wrong. Because all you need to do is you need to look at the minutes. They're not doing anything crazy. No. And we actually got a report from somebody who was actually on the Houston Rockets staff, coaching staff, who told one of our people that right now they just they're gelling. They feel great. They're playing well together. So they're not grinding. It's getting easier for them. So with all these days off in between games, you may not need to rest anybody. Like, look at the Warrior game. You play tonight, now you have three days off. I mean, they're going to have those stretches too. That's the only thing that when you look at this situation, we'll take your phone calls at 888-957-9570. What's it like being a Warrior fan? And all your all-stars are out. 888-957-9570. The only thing that you think about is, A, getting healthy, and then getting the mojo back. Because when you don't play... There is a little bit of rust. Here's the other thing. If you're a Warrior fan, you're a young Warrior fan, you're getting a taste of what it's like to either have been a Warrior fan 10 years ago or what it's like to be a fan of maybe 20 other NBA teams right now. Because if there's one thing we've learned since the Warriors have sustained all these injuries is just how lucky we are to be watching the team that we've watched over the last three or four years uh, with future Hall of Famers, uh, with current All-Stars and MVPs. And I think right now it just all comes down to how hurt are they. If it's legitimate and everybody's kind of banged up, well then they may not be able to go into the playoffs at 100%. But if they're really playing it ultra-conservatively, well, then I think they're doing the right thing. I think they're doing the right thing anyway, obviously, but we just don't know the severity of the injuries, nor do the Warriors want to give you any clue on the severity of the injuries, too, which I can understand. Yeah, it's just like they need to get healthy and they need to get to the end of this season. That, that's right. kind of that, that, that's where we stand, and... and the good thing about the postseason, there's a lot of rest inside that postseason. Yeah, there is. Especially if you can do what they did last year, where you just roll through everybody and you wait for your next opponent. And really what this team needs more than anything else is just time. Time is time has got to be a friend to them. You know, there was some good news tonight. Good to see Patrick McCaw back on the floor. Yeah, definitely. And he's got to get some legs under him, and he's got to – start to feel more comfortable, uh, not just not just tonight and Friday and moving forward, but he's also going to have to figure out a way to get more comfortable when he's playing with a healthy Warriors team. It, it's not hard to be aggressive when you're playing without Curry or you're not playing along with, with Clay Thompson and with Durant. Uh, he's going to need to be the player he was last year for this team. But another nice night for Quinn Cook. And the big story, obviously, for the next two or three weeks is going to be what's going to happen to Quinn Cook. Is he going to be on the playoff roster? Is he not going to be on the playoff roster? 
I think right now he's he's going to be tough to keep off the playoff roster. And I think if you're Omri Caspi, I think you got to be worried a little bit that maybe you're not going to be making the playoff run with the rest of your teammates. And this is the thing about getting this experience for these guys. There, a bunch of people are getting a chance to play more. Yeah, you know, Townie, if 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 the Warriors go eleven and zero, if they win their last eleven games. The Rockets still just have to go eight and four, and they and they win the uh, and they win the home court throughout the playoffs, or at least throughout the Western Conference playoffs. So you're starting to see the numbers, the cold hard numbers, and and it's starting to become clear that it's a long shot for the Warriors to get that number one seed. And I'm not I'm not I'm not doubting that maybe they've already written it off in their own minds. And here you had a team tonight. We're going to get to your phone calls at 888 you got a team who's trying to make the playoffs for the 21st straight year. That's just crazy. They've now won four in a row, and they're doing everything they can to, to, to be in this thing. And, you know, it's so weird when you watch, you know, you win one game or you lose one game. It's amazing how far you can yeah, drop and then really how far is. you go straight back into the, to the top eight. It really is. At the start of the night, the Warriors would have opened up with the San Antonio Spurs, who were in seventh. But now, if the playoffs were to start today, they'd open with the New Orleans Pelicans. And I think they'd take that any day of the week, and Houston would open up with Minnesota. Now think about that. Houston maybe having to open up with Minnesota, but with a healthy Jimmy Butler. Now all of a sudden, that's a tough first-round matchup. You ask me who I'd rather play, the Pelicans or a healthy Minnesota team, it's not even close. I'd much rather play the Pelicans. So the the funny thing in all this, it might not be worth worrying about having the number two seed because the number two seed may have an easier road to the Western Conference Finals, uh, as crazy as that sounds. But it's it's possible, and it's it looks like it could happen that way. So six, seven, and eight right now. <laughs> Okay, no, let's go five. Okay. Yeah, because the first four are starting to separate themselves a little bit. Correct. So five, six, seven, eight goes San Antonio, Utah, New Orleans, and Minnesota. So San Antonio with the win now has 41 victories. The Jazz, the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves all have one less at 40. So this is a night-to-night thing. No doubt. you no got doubt. no clue. I yeah. mean, none. It is pretty crazy, and it's pretty futile to really – talk about it because at least right now and you're right because tomorrow after tomorrow's games the Warriors may be opening up with Utah and then the night after that it looks like they'll play Minnesota and then the game after that maybe holy cow they may open up with Oklahoma City because the the Thunder maybe lose two or three in a row so it isn't really something uh, to worry about for a few weeks but you know that's kind of what we do we want to see how this sets up And the reason we want to see how it sets up, Townie, is because it's going to go a long way. It really is. It's going to go a long way toward determining who comes out of the West. If the Rockets have a relatively easy path to the Western Conference Finals and the Warriors don't, it gives the Rockets a better chance to beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. If the Warriors are fortunate enough to play the Pelicans in round one and then maybe they get a... Uh, a sleeper series in the second, maybe maybe the Pelicans knock off the Portland Trailblazers or something, they're going to be at an advantage if the Rockets have played two tough series. So the, the reason we're focusing on this town is because it's, it's important. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go a long way 
toward determining who is the Western Conference champion. And what if the Clippers or the Nuggets get hot? <laughs> and then next thing you know, they're, they're I think back the Nuggets, in this I think the Nuggets are in trouble because they, they just started a seven-game road trip. They've lost their first two games of that road trip, but they still have five more games on the road coming up. So if they're even in it, by the time that road trip's over, I think they gotta they gotta be happy with that. But I, I I think Denver's in a boatload of trouble. Time to hear from the fans. Brought to you by Nations Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it Nations. Let's go to L and Pacifica. Lead us off here on Warriors wrap up. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Um, we're talking about the Warriors and the All Stars being down right now, and this shouldn't trouble anybody. Or we shouldn't even be talking about, you know, this is a reminder of what the Warriors were before, you know, they became what they are today. Uh, we should be looking at the valuable experience and minutes that the bench is getting right now. And you guys touched on that. Uh, this is some really, really needed experience ahead of the playoffs. You know, this is a great time for Steve Kerr to figure out who his bench is going to be, what his rotation is going to look like for the playoffs. Um, and since the Warriors have already locked, pretty much locked the second seed, um, I say keep those all-stars out, you know, longer than they, than they should be, uh, just so that we can make sure that they are fully healed and ready to go. But like I said, welcome back, Warriors bench. Yeah, Tony, you know, I go back and forth on that, to tell you the truth, about how important it is right now that McCaw's playing and Bell's playing and that Steve Kerr can – can figure out what he's going to do with a rotation. Really? I mean, I'm not dismissing it entirely, but let's face it. The Warriors' top eight players are locked in. All right, They're going to have their starting five, whether Pachulia starts or whether McGee starts, and then they're going to play Iguodala, West, and Livingston. I don't care how well McCaw plays. I don't care how well Bell plays. They're not going to supplant Iguodala, West, or Livingston in terms of the top eight in the rotation. And and moreover, if McGee starts, then Pachulia essentially becomes your ninth man. And if Pachulia starts, McGee's your ninth man. So I just think even when we're talking about McCaw, Cook, Young, and I'll Looney, Looney yeah. and I'll even throw uh, I'll throw Bell in there. I mean, none of them are going to play significant minutes, no matter what, because we're well, talking about a ninth man at best. Unless there's injuries, of course, yeah. Unless they're banged up like they are right now. But look, if they're banged up like they are now in the postseason, uh, we don't really have to worry about it then, because they ain't going anywhere if they're going to try to go into the playoffs with with a lineup like they had tonight, because that, that's not going to get it done. You know, it's very easy to sit there and say, nothing to worry about. But it's never good when your guys are not able to play not on the floor. You're absolutely People right. People need to understand that. It's not, are, you know, the Warriors still going to be the favorites, or the Warriors still the team to beat, no question. But it's just always a little unnerving when your guys can't make the call and get on the floor. And when they're coming back from injury. They're gonna. You want to call them the four all stars, which they are. All four of those players are now injured, and they're going to be coming off injury, and that to me is the scariest part. If one guy re-injures something, that might be the difference in winning a title and not winning a title. If Kevin Durant goes out in the last week of the season and hurts the ribs again, and now it's three or four weeks, guess what? The Warriors may get beat. They may never get to the Western Conference Finals. So it's very important that the Warriors manage this next two or three weeks perfectly so that 
come the playoffs, they're as healthy as humanly possible. Did you see the number on the minutes for Quinn Cook? The... Something you don't see a lot. What? You don't 38? See, yeah, you don't see a lot of Warriors play that much. No, he played 40 the other night. He's getting unbelievable. You know yeah. you know what I like about for these kids what it means is you know people are thinking about from the Warriors standpoint standpoint but for them personally they're auditioning. They are. I mean the Warriors, I mean Looney is auditioning for another team right now. Yeah, I think he is and this from the 408, can we just accept and admit Nick Young has been a bust this year? You know what? Nick Young has been very, very disappointing. Tonight he was 2 for 10. He was 0 for 5 from three-point range. He played 40 minutes tonight, and he was a minus 21. Yes, Nick Young has not been good at all this year. But you know what? And I've been a big critic of Nick Young's. But you know what? He can make up for it with a few good playoff games. Nobody's going to remember that Nick Young had a bad regular season if he has a couple games in the playoffs where he shoots the ball well and he helps the Warriors win a game that maybe they wouldn't have won without him. He does that two or three times in the postseason. The signing was probably worth it. You are. You're dead on on that. You know, he has a couple big shots in the postseason. It's all that matters. And there's a parade out at Lake Merritt. No one's gonna care. No, it's nobody. gonna be Swaggy P gets a ring. He'll be he'll be on that float in the parade with his tongue sticking out, <laughs> acting like <laughs> acting like the fun loving guy he is. Oh God! And it's true, you know what? And maybe just maybe what we'll be talking about at the parade is saying this is why you got you didn't get him for the eighty two games. For the regular season, what you really wanted him for was the postseason, and he delivered. Especially, he has like a game-winning shot, or he oh. has some big shots. You'll be loving you some swaggy p. No doubt. It, but right now, it's tough for it's tough to imagine Kerr putting him into a, a really important game in the fourth quarter. I think the first thing you got to do with Nick Young is he's got to help you in a second quarter. Uh, maybe the Warriors get off to a bad start. They've been prone to doing that this year. Maybe they're down 32-20 after one quarter. And maybe Nick Young scores nine in the second quarter to, to bring you back to even. That's that's where he needs to start right now. Steiny, three for 19. Three for 19 from beyond the arc. Yeah, Well, that's going to happen when you're missing two of the best three-point shooters uh, in the NBA. I thought the Warriors played really, really hard tonight. I thought defensively they were very good, very good. They just didn't have enough manpower tonight, and they just have they have too many role players playing way too many minutes. You know, Quinn Cook's playing thirty eight, Nick Young's playing forty. If that's the case, uh, you know that's just too many minutes. And and the more minutes guys like that play, the more their warts are going to show up. Seventy five points, the fewest in a game under Steve Kerr, and the fewest since November eight two thousand and thirteen. Not something we're used to. No, not at all. Not at all. When was that? That was Mark Jackson, right? 2013. Yeah, that was a Mark Jackson Golden State Warriors team. So. And then I saw this today. It's still just it. It, it just kind of shows you, you know, what, whatever's going on is going on now. You, you got injuries, but under Steve Kerr with the loss tonight, the Golden State Warriors are 260 to 57. Wow. They've only lost 57 games under Steve Kerr. It's pretty amazing, and and this year's been—I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's been by far 
the worst regular season for a Steve Kerr coach team since he's been here. I mean, they might not. But what are they going to win sixty? They're going to get to sixty. They got to go seven and seven and five, seven and seven and four. They got to go. It's going to be close. What if the Warriors don't win 60? Then we can all say, they stink. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I'm kidding. It's time for the play of the game brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Iguodala to the timeline. He goes hard to the paint. Leaves it for McGee. One step to the rim of the right hand. Everybody get out of the way. JaVale McGee took one giant and threw that one down. So I'm listening to the national broadcast on ESPN, and Jeff Van Gundy threw out a stat that I was just amazed by. We're going to have that for you. Also, we're going to hear from Steve Kerr about Draymond Green. I just couldn't believe Like, Draymond went out. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> How is this possible? You know? Be, I know. It's like know. it'd be like in football. You're like your whole offense is out. <laughs> you all your linemen, your quarterback, your running back, everybody's out. The the thing is, I mean, we'll never know the answer to this question, but it's just hard to imagine that the last 3 years aren't catching up with them a little bit. I mean, for goodness sakes, they've played through June for three straight years. Yeah, you know what I don't like about that, though? Last what? year's June was a cake. Last year's playoffs was a cake. Watch. Yeah, but you still got to play. And then they're playing in the summer. And Well, okay, that... I'm just saying... I'm, not, I'm, saying, I'm just saying that, that may be one of the reasons they're breaking down. Raymond, Raymond loves it. Raymond Ritter loves to throw that as. But if you look last year, the amount of days they had off. For God's sakes, they had nine days off from the Western Conference Finals to the Finals. No, you're right, but they... That's a vacation. Yes, but they played more games over the last three years than any other team in the NBA. I know, but all their key guys are 30 and under. You're right. So, I mean, if they were an older team, if this was like, you know, the team we always talk about, the Boston Celtics, if this was an old bird and McHale, but I mean, these guys, I mean, I mean, Clay Thompson's not tired. Draymond Green's not tired. Shouldn't be tired now. I mean, they don't play. I mean, you fracture your thumb, that has nothing to do with being tired. You know, getting kicked, getting kicked tonight for Draymond Green has nothing to do with fatigue. We, I still have no clue really what the injury is for Kevin Durant. The incomplete tissue tear, whatever it is, fracture. It's odd. So I, I, I don't know if it's a simply. I mean, Curry's ankle is that really because fatigue? I don't know. I mean, I, I re- I'm not going to say yes, but. It's a lot of wear and tear. The other thing is the more you play, the more you're prone to getting kicked somewhere, stepping on an ankle. I mean, you know, it doesn't really matter. They're either going to be healthy for the playoffs or they're not. But the more, the more, the more I think about it is that they're not going to be 100% going into the playoffs. Now, you could say no team is, but I don't think there's any doubt that, that – they're not going to be as fresh as they've been years past. Well, they might be if if they're healed, they might be pretty fresh. See, I don't think they're going to be I don't think they're going to be healed. I think everybody's going to go Clay in there. Clay will be healed. The fracture will heal. It's a fracture. He's going to heal. Yeah, but he won't, but what if he gets hit again? Yeah. You can get hit again and then you just re-injure it. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it's, it's certainly the most concerning it's been over the last three or four years with the Warriors. Jeff Van Gundy had an unbelievable stat tonight, and also Steve Kerr 
on Draymond Green as Warriors wrap-up rolls on, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. The radio home of the NBA champion Golden State Warriors. KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco. 95.7 The Game. Kerr wants a timeout. Draymond's bending over. He might have gotten hit in the Little Warriors. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, that's what it looked like, but uh, I, I think the Little Warriors are okay. It was more to the side, and that's when we're looking at this contusion. Here was Steve Kerr after the game talking about his All-Star. Yeah, he had an x-ray that was negative, uh, basically. It's like a bruise uh, in his kind of pubic area, um, you know, you know, kind of the pubic area. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. This was not a game we were going to chase, so we didn't take any chances. But he got an x-ray and was negative, and um, so he's probably going to be sore for a few days, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes from here. And Steve Kerr brought to you by Walnut Creek Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, where saving is simple online at walnutcreekjeep.com. He should be all right. He was downplaying it. I'm talking about Draymond after yeah. the game. He, he seems to think that he'll be okay. Uh, I don't know about by Friday. The Warriors play Atlanta Friday and then Utah, I believe, Sunday. So it'll be, it'll be worth noting when... And for which games each of these players comes back, uh, Papa and Bonte had uh, Brandon Payne on their show earlier today, who's uh, Steph Curry's trainer, and he didn't give any specific timetable, but just kind of hearing his tone and, and hearing what he was saying, I get the sense Steph's not going to play Friday against Atlanta. It, it kind of feels like Steph's going to sit out another few games just to make ultra sure. Clay, on the other hand, and I don't have any information on this, but I just get the sense Clay's going to play Friday. Durant obviously isn't. Yeah, that's uh, you're just going to hold him out. You want to make sure everybody is. If you, you, I don't know if you can get him to a hundred percent, but you get him as close as you possibly can to a hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, by the way, did you know we have an anniversary today? You and I personally? Not us, but oh. there's an anniversary that we should all be aware of. Hmm. hmm. It's the sixth anniversary of Joe Lacob getting booed at oh, Oracle Arena. Yes. During Wait. the Chris Mullen retirement jersey yes. ceremony. So think about how far the Warriors have come. So if you're down and out about the Warriors' injuries <laughs> and you're thinking that they might not win it this year and you're concerned that they won't be healthy when the playoffs start, you can always think back six years when the Warriors had nothing going and Joe Lacob was essentially booed out of Oracle Arena when a night on a night when they were honoring Chris Mullen. So they've come they've come a long way and and Joe Lacob's done a nice little job with this team, huh? I uh <laughs> I'll never forget. So I'm doing this show, my show, the Chris Townsend show, and I'm watching it on television, right? You know, cuz I can't hear what's being said. And it's cool Chris Mullen's out there, he's got his family out there, and then you could tell something was wrong. Right. Just by watching it, you knew something's not right. 
which leads me to one of my favorite drops that I have here on my soundboard that I love to play all the time. This is crazy. When Rick Barry took the mic, I'll never forget going, no, Rick, don't do it. Don't do it. And that was just taking gasoline and throwing it on the fire. You know what? I wonder if there's there's got to be a place where you could watch that whole thing again. Not that Joe Lacob would, of course, but th- there was so much going on that it was it was hard to process it all at once. I mean, you had you had Lacob. Remember, he'd stop talking as if he were waiting for the booze to stop, and they didn't stop. And then you had, like I like to say, Rick Barry bringing a can of gasoline onto the stage with him to to make it a little more incendiary. I could not care less. And then you had Chris Mullen, who would walk up to Joe Lacob, he'd put his arm around him, and he'd grab the mic, and then the fans would stop booing, at least some, because they saw that Mullen had the mic, and he'd be like, all right, hey, guy, give it back to Lacob. They'd start booing again. It was very, my, my kids use a phrase, they say, Aukies means awkward. It was Aukies that night. It was a little Aukies? Yes, it was very, very awkward. So the kids are saying these days, Aukies? That's what my kids are saying. Your kids ever use the jelly? No, what's that? Jealous? Little jelly? No, I haven't heard that one. You haven't heard that one? No. No, I haven't. Yeah, that was, um, you know what, though? That was par for the course back then. Yeah. The Warriors, everything around the Warriors was always dysfunctional. And here was more dysfunction. I wonder how many people at 888-957-9570, that's 888-957-9570, have gone up to Joe Lacob if you've had a chance, because he's at the games. Oh, yeah. He's very accessible. He sits right there on the floor. You can tap him on the shoulder and just apologize. Joe, sorry. Sorry about that. I wonder if there's anybody out there listening who re- who was there, who remembers being there. Remember, you were there, right? I was there. And the the funny thing is, is every now it's six years later and everybody's got their own ideas of why he got booed. And it's been boiled down for the most part to, well, everybody was mad because they traded Monte Ellis. Well, it was a lot more than that. That it's, was it, part of it. it, it but was, there was a ton of stuff going on. It was... Let's face it, it was all the years and frustration of one of the loyalist fan base in the history of sports. Yeah. I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, being like, I got one one buddy whose family had, they've had season tickets for a long, long time. And he talks about when he was a kid, you know, before Hardaway and Mullen and Richmond, he goes, he used to wear Warrior stuff to school and everybody... Just wasn't a cool thing to do. No. They weren't cool years ago. And it's probably because I've lived through it from, you know, when I got here in what, 91, to see when I first got here, run TMC. I didn't have a basketball team. So I became a Warrior fan because of run TMC. Like getting to watch them on a nightly basis was pretty awesome. And then just all those years of bad picks, losing basketball, frustration. It's like that night was a night you finally get to take it out on somebody because you, you you never saw Cohan. No, the one time you saw – well, the funny thing is is the one thing at least that Joe Lacob and Chris Cohan have in common was they were both booed out of the arena at one point or another. Remember, Chris Cohan got booed at the All-Star game uh, when he came out with his son. He was, he was half in the bag anyway. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> but that night – there was a lot of booing for Chris Cohan. 
some of it was, I mean, a good portion of it was because the Warriors had no success, but there was another portion of it that uh, a lot of season ticket holders who had seats in the lower bowl were pushed up to the upper bowl for the All-Star game. They didn't like that. There were a lot of there were a lot of fans if you remember. I mean, this is this is a little history lesson for some of the younger fans. Uh, when the Warriors refurbished the Coliseum or what's now Oracle Arena, they played in San Jose for a year. And Chris Cohan told his season ticket holders that if they did not renew for the season in San Jose, that they would lose their priority for season tickets when the team came back to Oracle Arena. So you had a ton of fans. I mean, if you were, let's say you were a season ticket holder in Santa Rosa, you, you had to renew for the San Jose year, even though it was probably an hour and 40 minute drive. And if you didn't, you lost all your status at that point. So that was a point where the Warriors lost a lot of season ticket holders because they just weren't going to make that sacrifice. Uh, and the team wasn't very good. It wasn't yeah. like you were following the Chicago Bulls down to San Jose. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it was or, at or the time. This, or this team. Yeah, exactly. Or, yes. or this team. It's not like Steph and Durant. Heck, you weren't even following a 41-41 and 41 team down there. So uh, that's that was a big blow to the fan base at that point. And, you know, Chris Cohan never really did get it together. And Joe Lacob came in. He didn't, he didn't turn it around immediately. And that night he paid the price for it. So I'm seeing this on the PinskyAutosales.com text line. I was there. Greg Papa set Lacob up for failure. I was standing by them in the tunnel before the ceremony Joe was a little nervous, and Greg told him, don't worry, they all love you. Then Greg introduced him as, we saved the best for last, and the booze followed. I don't know if that's true, but that was, that was well, you know what? Lacob learned a lesson that, that night. You know, all owners, when you first get in, and this is not owning a regular company, this is owning a professional sports franchise, and then for the first time, I think he he got you know when the fan the fans he put himself out there, the fans could react. You know normally you normally you're not able to react. You're able to go after the head guy because you never really see the head guy. Right. Well, this was your chance to get after the head guy. No doubt. And look, there's a half dozen reasons why people were booing. The trade of Monte Ellis was one of them. The fact that Joe Lacob immediately after buying the team, made it clear he wanted to move the team from Oakland to San Francisco. That alienated a lot of fans. Some people were booing because of that. Some people were booing just because of the past history of the Warriors, which was so awful. And they were just taking it out on Joe Lacob because they were, they were suffering from years of frustration. A lot of people were booing because of, of Joe Lacob's arrogance at that time. Uh, if you remember, he bought the team and he he talked a big game. And you parlay the fact that, remember when Joe Lake bought the team, it was universal disappointment because Larry Ellison didn't get the team because Chris Cohan sold the team to Joe Lacob instead of Larry Ellison. And back then, everybody was thinking, can you believe it? Chris Cohan has finally sold this team, the worst owner 
in the Bay Area, and he didn't even sell it to Larry Ellison. Ellison was going to be the guy. He was, he was the savior. He was the guy who was going to come in on his white, white horse. And he sold it to Lakob, who nobody knew. And Lakob started coming in and talking about how he loved basketball and he was going to be involved. And, and people just did not respond well to that. Wasn't he a minority owner in the Celtics? Yes, he was. And then you're looking at, and I believe Ellison at the time, I haven't been keeping up on my rich guys, but I think Ellison was like third richest man on the planet at the time. Something He was like top five. So yeah, you're thinking I mean, Daddy Warbucks is showing up to run the squad. Exactly. All right, exactly. 888 We are going to hear from Draymond Green. And I got to get you that stat that when I heard it tonight, I went, wow, that is absolutely amazing. Cannot believe it. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Stumbling down the lane, fades into a jump shot and slid it home! Quinn Cook is on fire here in the second quarter. I'd rather have Steph, Clay, and Kevin, Draymond, all of them 100%. Um, obviously, I get to play myself, Nick, um, all of us, you know, get to play more, but you know, I traded all the head of guys back, to be honest with you. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up on 95 7, the game. Quinn Cook getting some serious minutes. Third, almost 38. Tonight, Warriors wrap up here on 95-7 the game. Warriors with the loss 89 to 75. Of course, Warriors wrap up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. So the Golden State Warriors, it opened up tonight at the Warriors getting seven. And depending where you were looking in the end, it was either seven and a half or eight. Now you think about that. The Golden State Warriors as the underdog. How often has that happened? It's just the 19th time in the last 300 games they've been the underdog. That they've actually been getting points. And of course, they got the cover the Spurs did. But that's just something you rarely you rarely see the Warriors getting points in games. Something doesn't happen doesn't happen real often. No, that's that's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. I want you know what I don't know how you could check it, but I wonder that 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 may be an all-time best. Well, I wonder I wonder about the Bulls back in the day. I mean, they were they were dominant. What about like the Patriots? Do the Patriots when they go on the road are they ever dogs, road dogs? They have been. It's not a lot. Baseball obviously wouldn't wouldn't pertain. Well, if you took someone like the 98 Yankees who steamrolled everybody, and they were absolutely loaded. You think they were underdogs going into any really any series? I mean, that Seattle Mariner team won 116 games. At some point, had to realize yeah. that they're not going to be under. So I, I just, I mean, it's just pretty amazing. 300 games, as we like to say, sample size. That's not a small sample size. That's a lot of games. You've been the favorite basically every single night. And now you just kind of look back on it. We all joked about LeBron, not five, not six, not seven. They weren't able to do it. Now you realize how hard that is, how really hard that every single year when everybody's gunning for you. It's one thing when you're the hunter, 
But when you're the hunted every game, every year for years, and keeping that edge, keeping the killer inside, that to me, that you know, you get fat and happy, you got championships, everybody's getting paid, you got money. It's keeping that killer instinct night after night. And I think that's one thing the Warriors have struggled with a little bit this year. And you, you can't blame them. I mean, I, I think I think the Warriors have had a season that really makes a lot of sense, to tell you the truth. I, I think I think anybody who thinks that the Warriors were gonna come out this year and play with an edge all season long. I just I just don't think that's realistic. And the one thing, I never, this whole season, I never really worried about the Warriors, quote-unquote, not playing well. Because I, that's the least, that would be the least of my concerns if I were a Warrior fan. It's hard to be that competitive for that long. What I am concerned about if I would be a Warrior fan are these injuries. And... The, the, the question is this, by holding these guys out now, is it going to ensure that Curry, Draymond, Steph, and Clay are going to be 100% when the playoffs start, or does holding them out right now simply give the Warriors, give those players the chance to be at their healthiest, which may not be 100%. In other words, maybe Curry comes back and he's only 90%. And then he plays some games and he gets into the second round and he tweaks it a little bit and then he drops down from there. That's that's what, to me, is, is most worrisome. And I know, look, James Harden could get hurt tomorrow. We know that. Uh, James Harden could get hurt in the playoffs and everything would change. But it just feels like the Warriors are like hanging on a little bit. Whereas the, the Rockets seem pretty... Pretty strong, pretty healthy, and pretty ready to go. Yeah, you just, with injuries, you don't know. That's the thing. You're dealing with human beings. You don't, and every single guy is different. Everybody's body's different. Everybody's DNA's different. Guys heal faster than others. You know, guys have different thresholds of pain. You know, there's some guys who are like, I can play through it. I can, I can, I can go to the medicine cabinet and get through it. Charles Barkley was actually talking about that. So I, God, Barkley was on like all day long on Saturday. And at one point he talked about, he goes, you know, at the end of my career, I had to, you know, my legs were going and, and the pain factor and I had to, you know, I had to take things and I kind of lost my, I got to a point to where I never worried about my shot and people blocking my shot. And he goes, by the end of my career, I was medicated and I was worried about everybody blocking my shot. And they were laughing because it's Charles. But yeah, I mean, that's the, you know, certain guys can play through certain things that other guys can't. The good news for the Warriors is they're not, they're not old. I mean, they're in their primes right now. They're young. Uh, you know, I guess you could maybe make a case that that Curry and Durant are right at their peak, maybe starting the downsides of their career. But by and large, those uh, the the most important players on the Warriors are young, in good shape, and probably able to deal with the rigors of an NBA season uh, as much as any other team that's out there. Yeah, modern technology, the money that they have, the way they take care of these guys, as long as you're not burning the candle at both ends, 
you're just 30. You still have years and years left to play. And you think about how young Draymond and Clay are. They still have years to go. Unless there's something, just one of those injuries that completely changes your career, and which we're looking at these injuries, they shouldn't be. They should be okay. Yeah, one uh, one thing we were talking about earlier today, I can't even remember who I was talking to. It wasn't on the air. But we were talking about how the Warrior players will age and we were talking about Draymond Green and and it's hard to imagine Draymond Green is going to have a long career just because of how physical he plays just because he's got to match up with bigger stronger players a lot of the times uh you know Draymond Green is somebody who I would think is going to have a shorter career rather than a longer career Steph Curry I don't know I don't know about him because on the one hand, he's got some ankle injuries and and maybe that'll shorten his career. On the other hand, he's somebody that really takes care of himself. He really plays close to the ground, if you will. He's he's not a high flyer. Uh, So Curry, I'm not sure how he's going to age. You know, he's always going to be able to shoot the ball. So you'd figure he's always going to be a catch and shoot guy. So maybe he can play longer. Clay. I think Clay is the type of player who's going to feel his athleticism go away more than like a Curry, just because his jump shot is so pretty and he can get up off the ground. You know, the minute that Clay's legs start to go a little bit, I think it's going to affect his shot. And Durant, quite frankly, Durant's somebody who's been banged up over the course of his entire career. Uh, he's he's not. I wouldn't say he's injury-prone, but he's not an Iron Man either. So, you know, Durant's pretty skinny. We'll see how he ages. But I think of all the Warriors, the one guy who is going to have the toughest road of staying effective the longest is Draymond Green. Yeah, but you know the thing about him, the thing about him is, man, he's the one that I don't think loses that edge. He lives on that edge. He lives with that chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I'm just talking about his body breaking down because, you know, he's asked to play center a lot, and he runs the floor, and he, he's, he's a different kind of player. He's, he's, uh, he's asked to guard the most difficult big man, and he plays – he does. He plays very, very hard, and those guys tend to have shorter careers. You look at a guy like Bird. I mean, Bird had back issues. One of the reasons probably was because he played so hard. He dove on the floor like Draymond Green. The other part of it is Larry Bird would help, you know, put in his mom's front driveway in the summertime. And oh, he ran the shut. he ran the steps. And he'd, and he'd be the well, Boston he'd, Garden on the concrete. And he'd it's also be he'd, be he'd be pouring concrete and shoveling concrete. The guy was in that <laughs> was legitimately crazy. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how long a career these guys have. Well, we talk about Arlo all the time. And, you know, with it's a great product. You can look at Yelp. You can look at all the reviews. It's a fabulous product. You hear us talking about it, go to Arlo.com. But if you want to put your hands on it and you want to see it up close, you can go to Best Buy right now and check out all the great things that are going on with Arlo. It's just, it's a product that's just going to make you feel safe when you're at home and when you're not at home. 1080p HD cameras. You'll love the app. 
Like right now, I can be looking at my house, front yard, the side where I have it. You can look at it anytime. It's got motion detection. So if anybody comes in front of your camera, your cell phone will immediately get a detection. So you can basically right immediately look who is at my front door. And I always like to talk about it. You can be sitting on your couch, doorbell rings. You don't have to get up. You can just go to your app. And you can The two-way audio will allow you, to talk, allow you to talk to whoever's outside your front door. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been uh, very beneficial to my family and myself. It allows me to keep in contact with what's going on at the home, on the home front in terms of just the wife and the kids. But it also is a, is a real safety feature, too, that, that just gives me some peace of mind, knowing that I can see what's going on outside of my house. It's uh, And you can, like you said, you can get it at Best Buy right now. Yeah, Arlo.com and check out Best Buy. That is going to do it for Warriors. Wrap up Warriors Lose 89-75. to We'll be back doing Warriors on Friday, but until then, the Chris Townsend Show is next. Check Steiny tomorrow from 10 to noon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.